0: And it hit me, and I thought it was really encouraging in understanding the perspective of church planting. So we've all heard the story probably of the 99 for the one, leaving the 99 sheep for the one. And so uh, I wanna wanna pitch it to you kind of in a different way. And it's like this, leaving the healthy church and leaving the healthy, comfortable lifestyle as a Christian to find the lost. So let, let me give you this example. Like, uh, my wife and I, we have two kids, but if you're a parent, this this resonates with you. If you're not, you can understand still. So if you're at Target, okay, let's just say you have five kids. You're at Target, you're doing the best you can, walking through the aisles, and you look in your cart, and four of your kids are in the car, and, and you think, like, okay, hey, I'm missing one. So the reality of, of the scripture, of leaving the 99 for the 1, is like this. You literally leave the four in the cart in the middle of the aisle and you go look for the one. Now most people that doesn't make, like they would say like that's not logical. You're you're leaving four children unattended right in the aisle at a target and you're walking all over looking for the one that's lost. And and when we read that scripture, it's Luke 15, three through seven, it says this. I'll read it briefly or quickly. So he told them this parable. This is Jesus talking. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So again, go back to the mindset of you have five kids, four in the car, you see that they're doing well, one's missing. So you say, I'm going to leave these four here and go find the one. And the reality of what church planting is, is that you're saying, I'm going to leave the comfort and what I'm used to, what is working what is in order, everything's fine, it's, it's going good, it's, it's a church, it's, it's functioning, everybody's comfortable, uh, and you're going to leave that, and you're going to go into the place that's unknown. You're going to go into the place that it's, it's not comfortable, it's not normal, it's unknown, you're, you're not recognizing, you're almost in a panic of like, oh my gosh, i got to find this one. And that's the reality of church planting. That's what it is. None of it is easy. I can say that with full confidence. None of it is easy. It's all hard. Why? Because we're, we're pushing into something that's unknown. Uh, uh, that, the heart of the shepherd is that, though. The heart of the shepherd is to say, I, I want every, every single one of the ones that are, are accountable to God, I want them in the flock. I'm going to find them, I'm going to bring them in, and make them part of it. And so you have to understand that from the context of there is one senior pastor, Jesus, if you're at a small church or a big church you're actually part of the church that jesus pastors if it's a biblically centered church with christ at the center and at the core jesus is the pastor of that church we literally are the ones like helping we're not the main shepherd we're one of the assistants so in bringing that flock we're looking for the flock that belongs to jesus and so when i talk about church planning that's what i'm talking about and think about that those sheep were left in the open country what happens in the open country? There's, there's attacks, there's wolves, right? There's lions back in those times. Like the, the example was kind of extreme that they were literally left out in the open. And so we assume that he goes back to find the others to get that flock again. but it, it doesn't actually clearly say that. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but it, it talks about him more celebrating the lost one than he does with the other ones. He, he goes and celebrates with his friends and neighbors the lost one he found. And I, I'll say this, This is my main point. A church filled with people serving Jesus is good. Okay? A church filled with sinners repenting is better. I'll say that again. A church filled with people serving Jesus is good. A church filled with sinners repenting is better. Because that's what heaven rejoices about. Heaven doesn't rejoice. It, it, It doesn't say it. Heaven is not, like, it's not rejoicing when the church is doing well and and the worship's great and, you know, all this other stuff is going great and, oh, man, awesome, we have new bathrooms, you know, like, heaven doesn't rejoice about that. It doesn't say anything about that. It says heaven rejoices when a sinner repents. So a church filled with people serving Jesus is good. A church filled with sinners repenting is better. And even further, and I'm not going to, it's not going to be much longer, um, when we talk about the parable of the one, when Jesus talks about the 99 for the one, he goes on and talks about a coin, a lost coin. And, and uh, he talks about the prodigal son. We've all heard that story, the prodigal son. He talks about uh, the, in 16, chapter 16, which is the next chapter after those parables, he talks about the entrusted leaders of the house getting removed. Let me, let me break this down for you, though. Jesus deals with every single thing in the church in those parables. He talks about the one that is not in church, not in the flock. He talks about the coin that's lost in the house. Literally the one that's lost in the father's house, in the house, in the church. The things that can be lost in the church. Then he talks about how the prodigal son, how the prodigal son leaves and and just lives a crazy, wicked lifestyle, sinful, and then comes back. And it's celebrated, it, but the son that was there the whole time is angry. So Jesus literally addresses every single issue we could have within the church. We can have those that are outside, those that are inside, those that are looking at the ones that are coming inside and getting mad. Like, And then he talks about the trusted leaders. And in 16, 1 through 13, it's, it talks about basically... Um, it, it, The entrusted leaders of the house get removed. How basically there's a manager. They know that they're going to get fired. So they start cheating and start uh, cutting off uh, half of what people owe so that they can have connections when they get fired. And it's funny because Jesus says, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light." We see a lot of managers or leaders in the house being really good at dishonest things because they're dishonest people. And Jesus deals with it. So, like, for me, I know that I think everybody here has experienced some sort of negative leadership at some point. If you haven't yet, you will. <laughs> it's just part of it. It's, it's our humanity in ministry. It's what happens to us as humans. We, we are sinful in our nature, so there are things that are happen that are just negative. And so the reality is Jesus addresses it. And what I'm saying is when it comes to moving forward, taking action, we take action in knowing what Jesus is passionate about, what heaven is celebrating. So that's where we take action the most, and that's why we plant churches. So I just want to share with you that again. And A church filled with people serving Jesus is good. A church filled with sinners repenting is better. And it comes back down to us believing that those in the flock are safe. Those in churches, they're doing good. They're fine, man. Hey, awesome. Praise God. Like, I don't look at another church and think, like, oh, I'm valuable to that church. I think, hey, awesome. Praise God. They're doing great. Keep going. But we need to reach the one that's not there. That's why we plant churches. That's why we push out and do things that are different. That's why we're doing a digital first church plant. Because we want to reach people online. We want, everybody's on their phone. Everybody's on their iPad, on their computer. We're doing something online and we want to reach them. We want to say, hey, how can we connect with them? And then these are supplemental to build more community. That's why we're planning a church. Uh, we want to do a community of believers and building it to reach the unchurched and the de That's really the target, the unchurched and the de So like I said, par- so if somebody's part of church, awesome, praise God, go for it. But the goal is reaching the one that's not here. A church filled with people serving Jesus is good. A church filled with sinners repenting is better. So I want to pray, but that's thats basically all I want to share with you tonight. And David's going to come up and just You know, I I told him, uh, man, he's expressing his worship to God through his art, and we want to celebrate that. Like, that's something we love, that I love. I think uh, we need to put artists and as many people as we can in front of other people so that they can share their gift, man. So let's pray, and then I'll let David come up. Heavenly Father, we thank you just just for the opportunity to come together, Lord, just to to be around each other, to encourage and edify, and we ask that you would uh, just help us to see The need that you put. Lord, the the ones that aren't here. Lord, the the people that were in church, but they're gone. They've left. From whatever happened, church hurt. Uh, Whatever happened, Lord, we pray for them tonight. We ask, Lord, for... A harvest of souls of those that that have been unchurched or, or de-churched and they just they're just far from you they feel like they're too far gone to come back home but lord we want to reach them and we want to create a place a community of believers that is building something for them to know you to be part of the flock lord leaving the 99 for the one that we're going into the unknown that we're doing the thing that's uncomfortable that we're not looking to be comfortable that we're looking to reach the one lord help us to have that heart jesus we declare you as Lord over every single detail of what we're trying to do. That You are over this. You are the pastor. You are in control. And we submit to that leadership. Holy Spirit, we give you place that you would lead us and guide us, speak to us, teach us, help us, give us understanding. We thank you for everything, Lord. In your holy name we pray. Amen.